Big Fluff. Every year, my brother-in-law Greg and his husband Sam would have a haunted house in their front yard. Of course, they would give out candy and things like that, but they would also dress up every single year as different things. They had different themes. One year, it was killer clowns. One year, it was a spooky attic dollhouse. One year, it was J-Horror, like, you know, the grudge or the ring. But before they moved to Florida, their very last year that they had the haunted house, they did a zombie theme. And man, let me tell you, it was a lot of fun. Everyone dressed up, they invited everyone to have a big party. Everyone dressed up like a zombie. I actually got those contacts that you put in. We were going around scaring all the kids. We had zombies on chains attached to the tree. The local newspaper showed up to cover it. We had caution tape, blood, guts, gore. I mean, almost the entire block, the entire section of their street, we had zombies just moving back and forth, slowly shuffling up and down the street, scaring the crap out of these kids. I've never had so much fun in my life. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Oh, Joe. I am the zombie keeper. What do you mean with that zombie? Uh, <laughs> Did you ever see that? No, which one? Oh, God. It was uh, Abbott and Costello meet the zombies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's one of the Abbott and Costellos I missed. Really? Along with most of the other ones. <laughs> along, with the, <laughs> along with all of them. I No, I mean, I, I do. I, I like some Abbott and Costello. Mm. I, I've seen a few, but uh, but yeah, it's not not usually my cup of tea. I understand. You know, all that much. I do like some vaudeville stuff. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about vaudeville, Joe. No, we're not. No. We are here to talk about Zombones. <sighs> The Z's. The Walking Dead. Coral. (laughs) Coral. Coral. (laughs) All right, Joe. Zombies. Zombies. Yeah, I... Okay. Probably one of my favorite... Creatures, maybe? I would say creatures. I mean... When I think of Halloween... Right. They are like in my top five things that I love about Halloween. Well, I got to say every year for the Crypt Kicker Five, we do one episode at least about a, you know, a creepy cryptid. Sure. You know what I mean? Something like that. So we've done werewolves. We've Mm -hmm. done vampires. I'm sure we've done quite a few more. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just do them not in a Crypt Kicker Five Halloween season. But, um. But every year we try to have at least one in there. And this mm-hmm. year it's zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I mean, we might even be showing up a little bit late to the game, man. <laughs> I mean, zombies are on a slow roll. Yeah. Well, or a slow shamble. <laughs> yeah. You know, and have been for a long time. I mean, I mean, The Walking Dead, they started in what? Like 2000 and 
ten through that t- two thousand eleven, like the, the, the show the TV show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we is, we've both read the the comics before. Yeah, I, I've the actually show. right. I've been collecting the comics. I have them all the way back to issue ten. Wow, is yeah. is where I have it, which is really cool because in the comic book mm-hmm. issue ten is where they find the prison. Yeah, so yeah. you know that was like. Right after Herschel's farm, mm. where they actually find the prison. So I think it was like a good jumping on point. Yeah. But now that it's so popular, there's no way I'm going to be able to find number one through nine I ever, know. like I'm ever, like without paying through through the nose. You right, know what I mean right. to get them. So let's go back to some possible origins. Now, mind you, this is the term that we know today as being zombies, quote unquote. Probably before the 17th century, the creature, an undead, a a person being brought back to life, that has been throughout history, Mm -hmm. dating back to Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, anybody who had a civilization had a version of a, a person dying and being resurrected or coming back for some reason. Right. So that is not new. (laughs) <laughs> okay. The term probably dates back to the 17th and 18th century in Haiti, or from Haiti, I should say. Right. When it was known as Saint Dominique, and it was under France's rule. The zombie archetype stems from African slaves and all of the horrible, terrible things they had to go through through what, probably over 200 years during the time of the slave trades. They believe that dying would send them back to Languana or Guiana, or in African general terms, heaven or to be free, set their soul free when they died. And suicide was kind of a commonplace during mm-hmm. the slave trades. It was kind of a way to, you know, stop. Get yourself out of the slave <laughs> right. trade. But if one was to take their that path, they would be pretty much cursed to walk the Hispaniola plantations uh, as a soulless undead monster. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other ways to become a soulless undead monster. Go to law school. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But the word zombie actually stems from the Congo word for God or soul, nzambi, N-Z-A-M-B-I. And it can also possibly come from zumbe, Z-U-M-B-I, which means fetish. Not like as in whips and chains and leather, but as in like a voodoo doll, a, a some sort of totem. Right, a, like a, a, a fetish is actually a, a totem that you hold dear, right? Right. It, it's, uh, so it could be stemming from your ancestors or something right. like that. It, it like can you be might seen worship as, it. Or, right, it can be seen as good or bad. Some right. people would say that, a crucifix could be considered a fetish. Or possibly your lucky coin that right. you keep in your pocket exactly. would be a fetish. Or maybe, you know, popping balloons or putting people's toes in your feet. I mean, toes in your mouth. You know, that kind of thing, right? Sure, wearing a costume. Or... <laughs> <Just> <laughs> different, I'm telling you, different kind of fetish. I know, fetish. different kind of fetish. I'm just <laughs> joking. You. I, okay. I was just bringing it full circle okay, back, back onto the joke. To whips yeah. and chains. Right. So after... The 1804 Haitian Revolution and the end of French colonization, the zombie folklore was sort of folded in and slightly altered by the then prominent slave religion, voodoo. 
By then, the Haitians believed a person could be turned or become a zombie by a shaman or a bokor. They would then be used as free labor or to carry out nefarious tasks. Now, this all stems from, you have to think, hundreds of years of horrible treatment from African slaves to the Haitian slaves to all slaves, pretty much, that were all kind of encamped into different parts of French and English ruled colonies. Mm -hmm. Now, it's already hell on earth to be a slave. And then your, your basic thoughts, feelings, family structures are all just ripped apart. Right. Part of the, the Haitian voodoo belief was it, it wasn't a fear of zombies like we have today. Mm-hmm. It was a fear of becoming a zombie. And it, was, it stems from you know, the lack of reward for the work that you've done, loss of control, loss of faith and will of your own person. Right. So so basically the idea is ju- just like how in today's society we watch a horror movie to to feel whatever we're going to feel, those jump scares or tell those tales around a campfire, right? Uh-huh. If your life is that of a slave. Right. Okay. What is worse than that? Right. Literally having to do that for eternity. I mean, right. not yeah. not until death, yeah. not the sweet release of death, mm-hmm. but having to continue on working at a plantation after your death throughout your afterlife. Right. I mean, that's literally the, the, only, the only thing that could be worse than that. Exactly. A type of eternal damnation upon the earth, you know, put forth by... Someone and, else. And, yeah, an evil sorcerer, the, you know, the, the Bokor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty awful... Yeah, you know I mean, and, I mean? and that's where the at least the term and parts of our modern interpretation of zombies comes from, right? Heavily, but like I said, uh, throughout history, throughout mankind's place on this planet, we've had several versions of this. Every culture has a version of this, but I can't think of a, a, a worse a worse fate. Now, let's talk about the Bokor. A Bokor's power to make or capture a person's spirit and turn them into an undead fiend or a astral zombie, which is kind of neat. They would either take the body back, make them do free labor, plant crops, or, or go fishing or whatever, or they could capture your soul, your astral being, and use that at a later date, where they sometimes they would even put it in like, like a charm or, or a fetish, and have your soul imbued into that so when they wanted you to come back to do something or to use your soul on someone else's body, they could do that too. So they could throw that into another... Another vessel, basically. Because yeah, you, right. you would become a, a, a husk, yeah. you know? However, Bokors and Shaman usually only reserved that kind of fate as as a threat mm-hmm. to maintain order in, in their community or within a, a group of people. And, you know, it, it's kind of like your parents or someone saying, you better be good this year or Santa Claus won't bring you a present. It's the same kind of thing, I think, that it was, it was used as a very powerful statement, mm-hmm. but it was also to sort of keep 
the community together, keep them focused without the, the panic and craziness that was already going on in their lives. Right. It's, it's like one of those, you know, don't, don't cross the river. There's mm-hmm. monsters over there. Right. And it's really, you know, it's not monsters. They just don't want you going too far away. Right, because something and, could happen. They could lose a person. Right, or there could be another tribe over on the other side of the exactly. river. It's basically, to to keep you in line. Right, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to say keep you in line like whips and chains again, but it's sort of to keep everybody on the same page. Stories of the actual use in the Haitian religion and and, and the practice of voodoo are retold with equal amounts of laughter and stone cold seriousness. So it kind of shows you that it was it was probably used partly in jest, but partly that maybe people really did believe. Mm-hmm. And zombies themselves are really only found on the fringes of voodoo religion and are not part of like everyday practices. Right. So again, it's a a far flung threat. Right. So you know I mean? it, it, it's almost like we took this little tiny thread this little ember Mm -hmm. and then turned it into you know a raging fire right well of course a multi-million dollar money-making machine (laughs) of course you know when we get to you know uh tv and movies but Uh you know what i mean it just it was this little thing that just Mm -hmm. captured everyone's imagination yeah but i mean look at any religion you're gonna have a a version of that even uh catholicism and all the teachings of cathol Jesus was brought back to life after, mm-hmm. what, three days, four days, something like that? So three, he, he three was days, resurrected. Yeah. So technically, he would be a zombie. Well, I mean, I, I think we'll get into that when we start but, classifying <laughs> zombies a little bit more. But, but Okay, okay. I'm just saying, it's in pretty much every religion, there's some sort of coming back from the dead. Right. That's all I wanted to say. There are two ways people would die in the voodoo religion or in, in the voodoo religion's eyes, naturally, or through God's will, and unnaturally, i.e. murder or before their time. Mm-hmm. So your, your two choices in death, <laughs> you know, either you pass by yourself and naturally, or something happened where you were taken from this planet. Right. So either natural ca- causes or murder. <laughs> or murder. Or murder. I'm just yeah. saying that's probably number one. Those who die unnaturally are said to linger in their graves, unable to rejoin ancestors. Their souls are pretty much doomed to eternal unrest. I wanted to talk about the, basically really the only actual real encounter of zombification that, that we have on record. Okay. Okay. Now, I mean, people have talked about zombies for a long time, you know, especially the, the Haitian zombies, you know, and uh, one of the things I wanted to mention too, that like the U S we actually did, uh, we did occupy Haiti for a little while, about, I think about 20 years Mm -hmm. from like 1915 to 1935 or something like that. Right. So, I mean, we, we, you know, we were there, so, yeah. I mean, some of the, that's probably how some of the stories started coming mm-hmm. to the, the U.S. About, about the zombie and what they are. You know, some of the, the books that come out about it, you know, during that time frame or shortly after that probably stem from, from that. Right. But like I said, I wanted to talk about the one actual case that we know. And this is Clavarius Narcisse. April 30th, 1962, Mr. Narcisse was checked into the Albert Schweitzer Hospital uh, in Haiti. His sy- symptoms included fever, body aches, respiratory issues, 
and he was also coughing up blood. Three days later, he was pronounced dead. Now, his, uh, his story then started to turn a little bit bizarre. After he was dead, he was then buried by his family, and then he turned, uh, <laughs> turned up 18 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, her, his sister uh, approached a man claiming to be her brother. He, he showed up on the streets uh, looking for his family, kind of confused, uh, with a, you know, kind of a daze. And he only identified himself by a nickname only known to his immediate family. And he said that he had survived in a zombie-like state for 18 years. Uh, so uh, it wasn't until 1982, uh, two neurologists began investigating the apparent zombification of uh, Clarveria Narcisse. Uh, uh, they took his testimony, physicians, family, neighbors. They were all convinced that it was the same man, and as well his, his sister was. So people didn't understand how he was dead, buried, and returned to life. Uh, but he said that he had been working on a plantation all of those 18 years until he kind of came back to his senses and was able to, uh, to get away and leave. What they were talking about was they, uh, they, they found a few Bocors who would actually talk and, and discuss things with him. Hmm. Uh, with with the investigator, uh, the the one investigator was named Wade Davis. Mm -hmm. He was the author who would eventually go on to publish The Serpent in the Rainbow. Oh yes, right. Which yeah. of course we know the 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 movie. Mm -hmm. We've all seen that. What they found the three ingredients that they they actually were able to obtain some of this zombification uh, potion. Right, a right? sample. Right. Yeah. Uh, the three things that remained consistent in all of the samples of it were ground bones, hmm. so ground bones of the dead, little hairs coming from arachnids, all coming from spiders. Oh, so like when the when a, like a tarantula stridulates, yeah, and it shoots off those little hairs. Exactly. Oh. They, so they found those little those little tiny arachnid hairs, and then they also found puffer fish inside oh, of it. Oh, uh, fugu. Now, right, fugu, exactly, this, yeah. the, the same exact thing. Now, the, the, in the pufferfish, it has a tetrodotoxin. Mm -hmm. It's a type of neurotoxin yeah. uh, that can cause many things. It can cause malaise, respiratory difficulties, uh, hypertension, hypothermia, and co complete paralysis if yeah. ingested. Mm -hmm. So if you were able to slip this into someone's food or something like that, oh, they could possibly be paralyzed. People think that he's dead. They bury him. Mm -hmm. You bring him back to life and you, you know, after you dig him up out of the ground after two or three days. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so it's basically the same kind of toxin. Like you were, yeah. Huh. So uh, they, they think that this is actually what happened to Clarvarius Narcisse. Yeah, that, that a... You for know, 18 years, though? Yeah, for 18 years. They kept him uh, basically... Isolated or... In a isolated, town chained, or and working on a, a, a plantation uh, wow. somewhere in, in Haiti, in the, somewhere in the, in the forest there. So now, you know... Whether this is true or not, or whether he just ran off with a woman for 18 years, I mean, it is a possibility. Yes. You know, but yeah. I mean, it, you know, obviously I wasn't there, but that is the, that is the story uh, mm -hmm. that it would eventually spark the serpent and the rainbow. And, yeah. uh, you know, a, the, the only account of a real life zombie that we have. Mm -hmm. So now obviously he was brought back from the dead, but he himself wasn't actually dead. 
but it, yeah, it's it's very much like that, you know, the the old TV trope where it's, you know, yeah, I mean, they just did it like they just used that trope in the last, uh, what was it, the last Avengers movie with, no, it was the last, uh, the last Captain America movie with Nick Fury. Oh. They gave him that, and he. Oh, and yeah, he was, didn't actually die. He came back to life, right? You know right, what I mean? Right, right. You know, but he wasn't zombified. No, well, no, but I mean, I don't think uh, uh, Narcisse was well, actually zombified. I mean, he. Well, the only the thing, thing that made it zombified was the fact that he was, you know, in Haiti mm-hmm. and was given, you know, zombie potion. Right now, you know? here's the here's the other part of the terminology zombie, is that. Sometimes it seems it's used as a term of like hypnosis. Right. Like you have become zombified. That means your will, your thoughts are now suppressed and I will control you. Boom. Now you are a chicken. Mm -hmm. It's also used for, for that term as well. As well as being an undead creature brought back to do someone's bidding. Now you're being zombified. <laughs> exactly. So maybe it's a bit of both? I almost thought you were going to talk about the Ophiocordycep ants. Oh, the, oh, that is another zombie, isn't it? Kind of. Right. Kind of. Okay, it is a fungus that... Uh, Fungy. I'm a fun guy. You are a fun guy. Moldy. Oh, geez. Moist. I am awfully moist recently. <laughs> Fun guy. It's a fungus that infects ants in and around tropical rainforest ecosystems. Now, what it does is it kind of gestates inside the quote-unquote host ant. Right. Uh, and it has this like little tendril thing that will grow out of the top of the ant's head. Yeah, it's like a third antenna. Yeah, it's so bizarre. This... I just want to know, I just want to say, since you're explaining all this, mm-hmm. I, this does make me squirm. <laughs> like this... That it, it's real. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like saying like a flea just jumped on you or whatever, right? You know, it just makes you freaking squirm, <laughs> you know? It's like whenever I listen to podcasts and they're talking about, you know, all the micro flor- flor- Florida, <laughs> the microfauna and yeah. stuff in your stomach and... Mm-hmm. And parasites and all that—it just makes me feel icky. I understand, I understand, but imagine how the ant feels. Well, I don't know <laughs> if the ant feels anything once Not he's after been, a few days after he's been zombified. No. So basically, this thing will grow and gestate in the the ant's head, cause a lot of behavioral pattern changes in the infected ant. They will leave their their nests and their foraging trails. Because the temperature in the rainforest, it's great for fungal growth. But because of the the fungus basically taking over the their nervous system, they will actually climb up and use their mandibles and affix themselves to the underside of a leaf. Then the fungus will grow so rapid, it will basically take over the entire corpse. But for a brief amount of time, this ant is searching and hunting out sustenance and a spot in order to die so the fungus can grow it's really really bizarre but don't they i i I, don't they do a thing where they go up to the top of the leaf and they wait like uh kind of like what what is it plasto man the same stuff that uh that rats get plasto mitosis is that what it is yeah, well, that's it's very, very, very similar. Right. Yeah. So, but it so it, it basically the the ant will also 
I believe, go up uh, to like treetops and stuff like that, hold onto a leaf and wait for a bird to eat it. Mm-hmm. So it then will will eat it, mm-hmm. and then its bird droppings will go down somewhere and else somewhere and else. carry the spores somewhere else because right. it can't digest the spores. Right. So continuing the cycle on and on and on. Right. Exactly. To infect other ant colonies. <laughs> yeah, but it's so uh, it looks so bad. Have you ever see pictures of this? There's this little like pasty, creepy little ant with a thing growing out of its head, and it's uh, it's awesome. But it, it's very science fiction horror on a micro level Mm -hmm. i wanted to mention uh just a lot of people have taken up the word zombie you know coming from its original haitian meaning are starting to use it in popular culture now just for everything so Mm -hmm. you know not just zombie being a person coming back from the dead and eating human flesh or whatever have you but uh also I believe that there's a few TV shows on about, like, zombie houses. Really? So, yeah, like, so, like, a zombie house. It's not, like, the old, like, monster house where they would, like, just do like, crazy, like, fan builds and... Like, da 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 No, not it's, like... One? No, where they just take, like, houses that, like, have been squatted in, basically, and they're mm. just... You like know a what derelict I mean? house. Yeah, completely a derelict house, house that's got, like, graffiti on the walls and mm. stuff like that, and then they redo it. You know, so it looks very nice and then sell they it. bring it back from the dead. Exactly. Gotcha. So they call it zombie house. Okay. Uh, there's also people call it uh, zombie computers because mm-hmm. if you get certain types of viruses on your computer uh, in the middle of the night while you're not using it, it will start searching out and, you know, very much like how SETI, you know, asks you. Mm-hmm. You know, to put on a screensaver, right. you know, and, and it'll, you know, it'll kind of search the stars for extraterrestrial life for SETI. Mm-hmm. Well, some people have learned uh, how to give you a virus that basically makes the computer work for them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So like, like taking over your, your camera on your, on your laptop. Yeah. To, to look at you while you're you looking know, at porn or whatever you happen <laughs> to be looking at. Right. You know what I mean? So Which, oh, it never made sense to me. Why would you take over someone's laptop camera when you know what they're looking at? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. But that's not I mean, but that's not it, but that's not the only thing, but I mean, I'm sure they probably have just processing bitcoins in the middle of I the know. night or what, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean or whatever, but right. but yeah, so that that would be like a zombie computer. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are are using the word zombie to, you know, prescribe it to other things. Right, and I also think it can be used for just feeling you know, that moment where you're just mind numb, where you've, right. you've worked a long day, you're tired, you're Like the very first scene down. of, uh, of uh, Shaun of the Dead. Right. <laughs> you know, just that groaning, like, I have to do this again. And you feel kind of like a soulless automaton or a robot. Right. Or uh, you also have the Baltimore zombies who uh, are just addicted to heroin. And, oh yeah, and doing and, the, Baltimore know, lean the Baltimore lean, the Baltimore lean, and yeah. falling, you know, falling all over the place. Well, they look like zombies. They really do look like they, zombies. Yeah. I it's mean, like rather creepy. Yeah. It, oh, it is really man, creepy. it is. It really is. When you're, kids, you know, don't do drugs. Please. Seriously, don't do drugs, or at least just stick to hallucinogens or something. And not heroin. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that just messes you up. Yeah. So, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about the time that our founding father, George Washington, almost became a zombie. Sweet. Oh, and I think I saw that movie. Did, it was like was George it, Washington versus the zombies. No, it was Abe Lincoln. That was Abe Lincoln. Sorry, go ahead. That was, uh, that was Vampire Hunter Abraham Lincoln. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't no. good. It didn't leave an impression. No, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, George Washington, uh-huh. uh, very much like 
in his time of day, was very afraid of being buried alive. A lot of people are. Yeah, because it was happening like left and right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, people you were know. just falling into graves and being covered with dirt. It right. was weird. Well, let's not get too far into this subject, Joe. I'm just saying, it happened a lot. Teaser. But anyway, he was very afraid of be, be, being buried alive. So what happened was, is when he actually did die uh, in 1799, he had a serious bout of pneumonia. Uh, and when he passed away, they kept him on ice for three days to make sure that he didn't wake up. Okay. Just or to just, make sure. Or just, you know, to make sure he wasn't in a coma and wasn't oh, going to okay, wake gotcha. up. Yeah. So they waited three days. And when physician and the Capitol building architect, William Thornton, he showed up to pay his respects to the late president, he learned that his body had been preserved and he asked the family if he could conduct a series of medical experiments to see if he could resurrect him uh, by pumping his lungs full of air. Hmm. You know, which would, I mean, if you were... Dying, you know, getting some air into your lungs could help. Sure. Uh, and possibly infusing a hearty amount of lamb's blood into a circulatory system. Oh, because that's always a good idea. Well, you know, I mean, you got to get that blood flowing and that air in your lungs, and you yeah. might just come back to life. People blood. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, if that had worked, you know, he we would, would have our, a, a... Our a, first sheepish, you know, resurrected president. Yeah, with that big powdered wig. And I just, mean, trying to... It would, to, be, it would just be like the... the, the the lamb's wool. Yeah. 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 Put one of those on your head. He'd be trying to bite you with those wooden teeth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> just, would just sound like a door shutting. Chunk, chunk, chunk. <laughs> so did they actually uh, succeed? Oh, no. They said no. Okay. <laughs> they said <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. You're just, not doing that. Just double checking. Yeah. So, Joe, have you, you know how uh, we had talked about, what was it, perforia? Mm-hmm. It was one of the diseases that, you know, a lot of people think that it was possible. Uh, one of the reasons why that started the myth of the vampire. Mm-hmm. We talked about our vampire episode last year. Uh, there's another disease called Yaws, which actually is, it's a W-A, I'm sorry, Y-A-W-S, Yaws. Okay, so it's different than like pitch and yaw when you're flying? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit different. Okay. Uh, this disease uh, mainly strikes the poor in warm, humid, tropical areas such as Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Mm. It's caused by venereal syphilis, uh, but yaws is a non-venereal infection. Okay, so it's syphilitic, but it's non-genital. Genital. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, so, I mean, not cool, but go ahead. <laughs> so the people that are affected, uh, like 75 of them are ages 15 and under. So the peak occurrences uh, happen between kids at the age of 6 to 10. Males and females are affected alike, and no race is exempt. Yaws uh, transmits through direct skin contact with an infected person. What happens uh, after the the infection of the bacteria, uh, after two to four weeks without treatment, multiple lesions will start to appear all over your body. Mm. Uh, So basically, you know, when you have a large overcrowded area Mm. and you have places with poor personal hygiene uh, and not very good sanitation, not much washing, things like that, this disease will will spread and the lesions start to grow in your body uh, and will ooze. Oh, and just make it worse. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, I mean, you know, dripping kind of... You know, oozes... Very much like the bubonic plague. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
out of, you know, out of these pustules. Yeah. You know, so, so a lot of people think that this is possibly where part of the idea of the, the zombie came from. The, Your, the rot Right, aspect. the rotting, you know, walking dead looking kind of creatures. Okay, so it's, it's you know? l- looking dead, not actually being dead. Yeah, well, gotcha. I mean, the disease is rarely fatal, but it can lead to chronic disfigurement and disability. So it's uh, very much like leprosy. Yeah, I mean, it can be, well, leprosy is, I mean, that that cannot be completely treated. I no, mean, it no, can no. be treated, but it cannot be... Gotten rid of right. 100%. No, I understand yeah. that, but I'm saying it is a long-term debilitating. It will most of the time cause deformities and right. you look kind of like a corpse right. sometimes. You know, yeah. gangrene it, and loss of tissue. Yeah, and, but unlike leprosy, this can be cured with just like an injection of penicillin. Oh, penicillin. Wow. Yeah, so, but they think, uh, you know, because this is in areas where zombies were thought to be believed, uh, oh. you know, Africa, you know, places like that, they, you know, they think that this is possibly part of where the myth kind it, of... Like spurred on yeah, the myth. was spurred from. Okay. Interesting. So, Joe, do you know anything about the, any of the, the Haitian dictators? Have you ever heard of Papa Doc? I've heard the name, yeah. So, but... Francois Papa Doc Duvelier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ruled uh, basically through fear, intolerance unrelenting violence sounds about um, right and uh he came to power in 1957 he spent 28 years as uh haiti's leader wow uh he was embezzling uh aid money <laughs> that and not giving it to his people and he ruled with an iron fist he he was said to have killed between 30,000 to 60,000 haitians Jeez. because they opposed him basically through his fear of manipulation uh, he also was said to use the local vo- voodoo customs to keep people in line. Mm. And uh, one legend even claimed uh, Papa Doc to have called uh, the Tonton Makalotes. Uh, he raised these, these, these people, the people that he killed, from the dead and retraining them in, in, uh, in their zombie states to be his, his zombie army. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they said he had a you know a retainer of a brutal zombie militia hmm. uh, that helped him be one of the most feel, feared uh, feared men in Haitian history. Wow. Yeah, could you imagine like raising your own zombie army to to carry guns and you know? Yeah, that's crazy. That's Pop Papa Doc. Papa Doc. <laughs> We have to ask. It's the podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloth Network at peaksloth.com. So let's talk about early, I want to say like maybe early pop culture. Okay. So what would you say about Frankenstein's monster? Oh, you mean Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Written so, in 1818. Right. So you're, are we playing zombie or not a zombie? Well, it, it begs the question. <laughs> it really, this one really does. Okay. Because in the story, it is a man made of other men. And it's not you know, anywhere near as bad as like human centipede. Uh, this bits and pieces of different cadavers were 
sewn together and brought back to life. Right. Now, technically, that would be a zombie, right? I would say, um, I mean, you know, he doesn't have all of the, <clears throat> you know, the brain eating. That came or, way later. I know. I, I'm just saying he yeah. doesn't have any of that by modern standards. But right. I would say, yeah, Frankenstein would be a type of zombie. Okay. He is, however, his own his own man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Even though Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the 90s movie, mm-hmm. the, the movie adaptation of that with De Niro. Right. A lot of people don't like it. Mm-hmm. I personally love the De Niro character. Like, it fits so well from the the book. Uh, now, there are some differences, yes, but that's what I imagine that character being from that book is, you know, eventually he learns to read and to talk and to be somewhat of a functioning person, a human being, right. even though he has, uh, you know, the, this whole... That his whole aspect is completely destroyed and torn up from being bits, you know, uh, and pieces of other people. And his creator, so horribly shocked by his, his presence and his aspect, you know, is sort of, uh, you know, tosses him out in the cold and doesn't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. So De Niro's portrayal of that, it, it feels right. Even though there are lots of issues with that movie... I just, I really do like that characterization. But regardless, yeah, I would say that he definitely is a zombie. I mean, he wasn't reanimated through any kind of voodoo or no, anything like no, that. It was, it, was, it was definitely through science. Yes. But yeah, I would say it was a zombie. Okay. Absolutely. Now, going through the other uh, parts of history, Edgar Allan Poe has mentioned not zombies per se, but people coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. H.P. Lovecraft, of course, right. has mentioned Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Which I heard that they're making a third one. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which could be interesting. Right. Or maybe a reboot, something like that. Mm, yeah, I think it is a reboot. Yeah. But they never actually used the term zombie. Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend in 1954. I Am Legend is a vampire-esque story but his story actually inspired the 1964 movie the last man on earth which in turn inspired george romero to make his 1968 film night of the living dead and in that movie he still didn't call it zombies no they were ghouls yeah which i think ghouls are i mean ghouls are very similar to zombies. Exactly. And that's where right. I'm, I'm trying to gauge what can we technically call a zombie in modern standards. I think we know what it is, you mm-hmm. know. But early on, especially in, you know, between 1818 and 1968, we still didn't use the term zombie in pop culture. Now, there was a little movie called White Zombie in 1932, I believe, with Bill Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I think that was the first usage of the term zombie in accordance to someone coming back from the dead. Right. And of course, you know, spurring white zombie, the... Uh, oh, the, the 90s rock band? <laughs> the 90s rock band. Yeah, with, with uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to, to get their name. But I mean, mm-hmm. 
you know, you have, what was it? There's a few other zombie movies. What was it? Astro Zombies? Right. Right. But all and that, that I mean, I, I'm just, I, and I get most of this information from, uh, from the Misfits. Oh, yeah. Of <laughs> <course>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything within the Misfits. But I think that was the first usage of the term to, you know, uh, for someone coming back from the dead. Right. And from there, even 1968, Romero didn't use the term zombie. So I think it was sort of still undefined. And then, right. It was just it was just kind of like mulling, right? Mulling itself over, right? And and know? I think through especially through the '60s, you know, the term was used here and there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Abba Costello meet zombies. They use the term zombies. So I think it was just sort of up to the creator, the writer, the director, whoever was in charge to use that term. Well, I don't. I think it's because only... some of them were used as hypnosis induced sort of a coma like they're walking right. around like a zombie or they're they've been zombified they're not dead nor have they returned from the dead but they have no will or control of their own right and so, so it was used as that term too i only really think that it was very recently where people started categorizing it so feverishly okay you know what i mean yeah. i don't think that you know we necessarily said zombies have to eat Brain. Zombies have to, you know what I mean, want to kill. Zombies have to, you know, be rotting corpses. Like, like. Yeah, they, I don't think the brain thing, I don't think that popped that, up until Return of the Living Dead. Right. And what was it, Russo? Yeah. That, that did that? I mean, so it, it was, yeah, you're right. It wasn't until Return of the Living Dead that we got the brains. Right. Which I think, honestly, was probably the very first zombie movie that I ever saw. Really? Yeah, I didn't even see... No, 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 no. I saw the remake of Night of the Living Dead first. Okay. And then I saw Return of the Living Dead. Remake is pretty good. I do like that one. And then I went back and I watched the original Mm -hmm. uh, 60s version. Yeah. So, which, funny enough, I have uh, started watching that with Sam. Uh Uh-huh. And we got to the part where the very first zombie attacks... They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. But but uh, where the very first zombie attacks and he starts trying to break the window with the rock and everything mm-hmm. and say it was like turn it off turn it off I mean he's only like <laughs> he's only like seven you know right. what I mean but I was like oh this will be good we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do this we'll scare and, the hell out of him it'll yeah, be good yeah but I was like come on you can do this he yeah. couldn't he just wasn't yeah. into it and to think like even back in the sixties like Romero's zombie version they were using two wheels a rock to right. bust the window. Yeah. Whereas even modern zombies, you're hard-pressed to find them picking up a rock. Yeah, they had some sentience. Right, right. Them. Well, I mean, yeah. Romero kind of, he moved that along here and there. Several of the later iterations of the Living Dead films where they would pick up a stick or a rock or something. Yeah, it, it seems like that's the only time that happens. Right. So do you like the idea of classifying your zombies No, partic- into different things? I think they're, in, for me, two different kinds. Mm-hmm. The you've died and come back and are, you know, nom, 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 brains, 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 and the sort of hypnotized version. Right. Where you are just a mindless, soulless automaton doing someone else's bidding. Well, what about, you know, you have uh, uh, lots of different places where this comes from, but I'm thinking of like Resident Evil 4. Right, I don't know if you've ever played that one. I okay, but they are they are a a type of parasitic zombie. Now I think that right? goes back to the your ants, the ant fungus. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, regardless of where they come from. And, and then, well, there's another one where it's like, uh, is it The Last of Us? I've never, played, us, I've never uh, played that one. The Last of Us is amazing. Is it? Is it yeah, good? it's awesome. But don't but they, they... It's totally from a, a fungus. Right. And it's very, very similar. That's even more like your your zombie ants. Right, right. And But it makes... I'm not saying it makes more sense, mm-hmm. but to think that a fungus could evolve or mutate or something and thus affect human beings in the same way they do the ants, then that whole game is super scary. Right. You know what I mean? Kind of like uh, that Shamalama movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg. That's just scary because it's Shamalama and Wahlberg <laughs> trying to act. <laughs> Joking, but it's you know what is it the the trees? Oh man, what is the name of that movie? I can't even think of it. Off the I top have of my no head. clue. You're talking With about a, it was a it was a Shamalama movie. Shamalama right? Ding Dong, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Mark Wahlberg was in it, and uh, the trees were starting to release some sort of like a spore. Yeah, or what? I mean, they were releasing something, and like people were just jumping off roofs and killing themselves and all oh, kinds of stuff. Uh, that was like the the hissing or the happening. The happening. What's the happening? What what's the happening? <laughs> what's the is buzz? that is that a, is that a type of zombie kind of thing? I mean they're just kind of like or they have to come back to the dead from the dead. I I okay. Maybe that could be considered a zombie. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's but it's the same you're 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 skirting the line cuz you could say Day of the Triffids is a zombie movie. Okay, well, I've got I've got a few like zombie classifications. Okay, okay? go for it. Uh, you have your artificial zombie, which okay. is reanimated by science, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. would of course include Frankenstein's monster, mm-hmm. Herbert West's reanimator, right? Right. Uh, you have your flesh-eating zombie, okay, which uh, they come back and they eat. Flesh. Flesh. Yeah. Right? Well, Romero's original, they were returned because of a comet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. From from, from radiation space. from a comet. Right. So you have your plague zombie, which would be created by a virus or a bacteria or a fungus. Right. Something, something like of that. That nature. You have your parasite zombie, like mm-hmm. we were talking about from Resident Evil Four. Mm-hmm. You have your revenant zombie. Oh, uh, a revenant zombie. This is the the zombie that returns uh, with some driving purpose. Or retaining some, at least to some degree, their living personalities, memories, and previous existence. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would think that this would actually be like your traditional uh, Haitian zombie. Okay. Right. But you know, maybe with a bent on revenge or something like that. Sure. Okay. Uh, You also have your technically living zombie. Your technically living zombie. Right. Uh, Zombies are transformed uh, from living victims rather than being reanimated corpses. Okay. Right? So this is this is more of the, the hypnosis? I was thinking this is more of like your 28 days later zombies. No, that was that was a virus. Yeah, but they never died. No, no, no. That, oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Right? They're technically living, right? Uh, technically. They are living people. They get your rage virus or mm-hmm. whatever, and they're, they're still alive, but they just have like... A, you know, they want to kill, kill, veins <laughs> well, they, in my teeth. Right. But they lose all sense of humanity. Is that yeah, what you're saying? exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, and then you have your, your traditional voodoo, voodoo zombie. Gotcha. Brought back by voodoo magic uh-huh. to serve a master. Yes. That was all the classifications that I would, I could find. Now, okay. uh, do you want to go back 
to your technically living zombie and discuss whether that's a zombie or not? Sure. Because that is your 28 days later zombie uh, and the zombie that people complain about the most saying that they're not zombies. Really? Yeah. Really? Man, you... Okay. I, I'm sorry, podcast listeners. For a second, <laughs> we're just going to have to talk about this. Sure, go ahead. Because Ryan, our friend Ryan, uh-huh. okay, continually tells me that these are not zombies. Okay. Because they are rage creatures or whatever they happen to be. Well, they would not technically fall in the category of traditional Haitian zombies. Right. And they would not technically fall in the latter voodoo zombie where they Mm -hmm. were brought back from the dead. Right. So by that aspect, they're sort of an amalgam of both because they're still alive. Right. But that's why I think they're in their own category, which is technically living zombie. Okay. Right? Okay. So they're not they're not brought back from the dead, right. but they are, you know, they but get they this, are still zombified they are zombified. by some aspect because of the virus. Yeah, exactly. They're not in control of their own factions, their own faculties. Right. So they either are compelled to kill because right. of this virus the or virus. this plague or whatever happens to or parasite that well, happens it's, it's to a get virus into them. that is becomes a plague. Yeah. Right. So whatever the, 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 the virus or, or parasite that gets into their heads or their brains mm. and makes them want to kill for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that makes them a zombie, but just a technically living zombie. Okay. I, I could buy that. Yeah. Okay. That's where I stand. Sure. I think 28 days later zombies are zombies, and I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm not moving from this here spot. Nope. Sorry, father. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, father. Joe, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about, uh, have you ever heard of uh, any kind of Irish zombies? Uh, no. Well, I have some right here. It comes from a, now these would, uh, these type of zombies would be your mystically brought back zombies. Okay. There is a type of cauldron called a pear de nai. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? No. Yeah, so it is a, basically a witch kind of cauldron. Okay, uh, it's supposed like to be your, extremely... your standard old, you know, cauldron with the three legs, and right? The toil, toil, boil, and trouble, and all that good stuff. Exactly. Gotcha. Now, this was talked about in Welsh mythology. It's talked about in the second branch of the, and excuse my my French. No, excuse excuse oh, Welsh. My ancient Gaelic or or, or Welsh or whatever this is, but it's the Mabinongi, Mabinongi. Okay. Uh, it, so it is basically the oldest prose known to man. Hmm. Now, you're, now you're saying, you know, well, hold on. Isn't that Beowulf? Mm-hmm. And it's not Beowulf. Yeah. What are the cons to these prose? Uh, oh, I made a joke. It's because it's in really old, uh, old writing and I can't read it. That would be the cons. <laughs> okay. So, but it, yeah, uh, Beowulf is actually a poetic saga and therefore falls into a different category. The, uh, the mem... <laughs> Mambi Mambigoni or the Mambigongian is a uh, is Welsh in origin. It was recorded somewhere between the 12th and 13th century. Uh, they call it uh, they call it. There's four different branches, so mm-hmm. there's basically four different stories. But they call it branch one, branch two, branch three, branch four. It's an anthology book, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, but the second one is about a war between the Irish and the Welsh people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was happening was that uh, every night. When the Irish people had died, they took their their Irish warriors, 
back to this cauldron. They dunked them into the cauldron, pulled them out, and they came back to life, huh. keeping the same wounds that they had that, you know, they had died from that day. Uh-huh. Uh, and they would send them back out to fight the Welsh soldiers. Oh, wow. So it's like a winter is coming moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they continually sent them back out again and sent them back out again. And then when they were killed again, they brought them back, dunked them in the cauldron. I mean, just continuously had zombie fighters, you know, working for the Irish people. Nice. The cauldron was destroyed, however, by a Welsh warrior named Elfison. Uh, he was, he, he decided basically that he was going to rush into the slain Irish warriors, and he threw himself into the cauldron. And the rules uh, stated because he was a, a living person and not someone who was dead, he should not enter the cauldron. So his presence, the presence of a living soul inside of the cauldron, shattered it, broke it completely apart, but killed himself in the process. Oh, wow. So he was basically a martyr for the for the Welsh people. Wow. Uh, so the Irish were not able to bring back their, their zombie warriors hmm. again uh, and were eventually defeated. It's the Pear Dadnii. Dadnii. The Pear Dadnii. <laughs> okay. Oh man, some of these some of these words are really hard to say. I I, I believe it. Did, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Valhalla too. Do you? Uh, I mean, you know what Valhalla is, right? Yeah, yeah. The course. the old Vikings would, you know, when they died, they would die in battle, and they mm-hmm. would go to Valhalla, which was rolled over by Odin. Mm-hmm. And Odin would have them in this basic giant Viking long hall, which mm-hmm. is really just like a drinking hall. Yeah. Uh, with drinking horns and gigantic feasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the warriors, once they died, they went there and they would continue to fight each other and hack each other to pieces every well, single day and drink. But they fight each other. I thought they'd go to like Odenheim and help, you know, fight the frost giants. And no, no, no. They whole... would just go to Valhalla and fight each other. Oh, they would just fight each other. They would just fight each other. Fair enough. All day. Uh, and, and, and just... And drink and eat and fight each other. Yeah, just drink mead out of their, mm. out of their horns and get shit-faced. <laughs> and... While Odin looks on and... and while o- Odin looks on... Arms crossed and is like, tis a good day. Yeah, and they were said to have, to do this until the final battle of Ragnarok. Ragnarok, of Now, what, what would happen was, at night, uh, Odin would basically put them all back together with his, with his Odin magic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with his so Odenheim with yeah, with his Odenheim. <laughs> so, so yeah, every single day they would fight each other and hack each other, and then every single night he would raise them back from the dead. Interesting. Uh, so they are a type of Scandinavian zombie. Nice, you know. I can so a a story of zombies, people being brought back from the dead. You mm. know what I mean? I don't know if, from last year if you remembered we we were talking about the the uh, the Chinese vampires, the mm-hmm. Chinese hopping vampires. Yeah, a lot of the time they were said to have maybe have been zombies As instead well. of yeah. So mm-hmm. there's not really a clear delineation between a zombie and a vampire a lot of the time. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, it's a and very a ghoul, blurry line. Right. Yeah. They're all kind of just, you know, from different areas and different cultures. So mm-hmm. they, you know, there's not necessarily a difference between beasts. Right. Necessarily. I do know there was a few Italian zombies in Lucio. Are you talking about Lucio Fucci? <laughs> Lucio Fulci's Zombie 2, 1979. Okay, so what's so confusing about this? 
if I remember. This uh-huh. is all from memory because I didn't look this up. Okay. Uh, so Romero uh-huh. made Night of the Living Dead. 1968. In 1968. Uh-huh. When it was sent for release mm-hmm. over in Italy, they had changed the name. Right. Because it didn't, I, I can't remember. Translation, I think. Yeah, translation and yeah. just called it zombie. Right. So yeah, it was for translation. They decided to call it zombie. Uh, and Romero took a long time to make a second one. It took right. a while. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but he inspired Lucio Fucci to make a movie mm-hmm. that he decided to call Zombie 2. Right. And basically, Boogaloo. basically said it was the <laughs> sequel to Zombie, which it wasn't. No, but he actually, he spelled it Z-O-M-B-I. Right. So that I think that's a way to get around the... The copyright. Possibly getting sued. The Italian copyright law. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It is a bizarre, weird, silly... In the, the 70s, there was a string of horror movies, you know, that came from Italy, and you could automatically tell where it was made. We call them spaghetti zombies. <laughs> spaghetti zombies. Pretty close. The dialect was dubbed. Mm-hmm. All the words were dubbed. And they could take a bit more risks. So in Zombie 2, there is this wonderful scene where there is an underwater fight. Okay? Underwater. An underwater fight with a zombie. With a zombie. Yeah. And a shark. (laughs) I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. It is ridiculous. It's a real dude in full-on zombie makeup at the bottom of the ocean fighting a real-life shark. This is way before CGI, people. Way before, you know, Jim Henson and his puppets came along. Uh, fighting a shark. I mean, how awesome is that? That's pretty awesome. And I don't think you could get away with that here in America in 1979. No. I don't think I would fight a shark at all. No, no, much no, no, less no. But I, On film. Yeah. You know, and apparently the, the shark was, you know, doped up with a bunch of tranquilizers. <laughs> And well, and very well fed. So it was just sort of like thrashing around, and the guys he had like a, a chainmail suit on yeah. underneath of his all his makeup and everything. So relatively safe, but still, the shark was on the. Uh, he was he had tetrodotoxin in his system. <laughs> yes, exactly. he ate a lot of blowfish before he. Yeah, <laughs> before he fought the zombie. And if you if you don't know zombie two, or I believe in in the U.S. here, it's just called zombie. zombie. Yeah, I mean. It, Look at any 80s metal band. Mm-hmm. One of the guys in the band is going to wear a zombie shirt. Right. And it's going to be from that movie. From and that it's, movie. Yeah. The, it, like, if you don't know, this is this is the one, the box art it's just like is, a, is a zombie. Gory zombie head. But his eyes are, don't they have like maggots in it or one something? One of them like, does, yeah. Has like maggots sticking mm-hmm. out of it. Like, mm-hmm. it is such a, it, it, it's such a... It's so burned in my it's a brain. Visceral, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, since I, since we're talking about zombies, you mm-hmm. know, just one of the things that I I remember is you know going down the aisle, mm. you know, in the old video stores where you used to be able to rent video. Ah, oh, that was like, so nice. Walking down the aisle and looking at the different box art covers yeah. of of all like the scary horror movies mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what I was going to be able to rent. Right. You know which what I mean? Like going to be able, you know, allowed to well, rent. Well, really which <laughs> one from the box art did I think there were boobs in? I mean, that was a big one. What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You're like, 
You're like 13, 14, trying uh-huh. to rent a movie? Absolutely. Well, You're back, like, there might be boobs in this one. Back in the 80s, rated R was pretty much rated X. Yeah. yeah. In certain wheelhouses. Well, okay. I, I kid. I mean, but it was also like... But you're looking at the box art and you're saying to yourself, okay, do I want to get this one? Right. Oh, this one's called Return of the Living Dead. And it's mm-hmm. got, you know what I mean? There's it's got this two, this one. two punk rock zombies on it. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, just looking at that box art. It was, was tactile. Right. Yeah. You know, you just don't really get that anymore. Nope. You know? Not at all. So. By 1985, Romero had made and released Day of the Dead. Remember that one? Yeah, I, I've seen Day of the Dead. Is that the... Uh, hold on. Day of the Dead is the, the mall one, right? Dawn of the Dead is the mall one. Day of the Dead is where they leave the mall and go to, like, I think it's a military base. Okay, so hold on. No, no, no. So you said Day of the Dead. Right. Right. That was in 1985. 1985. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dawn of the Dead came out uh, May 24th, 1979. So the same year as uh, Lucio Fulci. Right. So mm-hmm. they both came out with a sequel... <laughs> to, At the same to one time. of them's yeah. first movie. Yeah, but then, uh, like I said, Day of the Dead came out in 1985. And then even before Day of the Dead, there was a little film called Evil Dead that came out in 1981. Right. And uh, that was I, me, uh, I would say the ghoul and or zombies in that film are mystical Spiritual? Well, they have their own specific name. They are deadites, right? N- not an evil dead. The, the well, no, evil eventually dead and evil they became. Yeah. It was a demon. It was a, right. something that would possess, you know, the the corpses of the fallen. Right. But I mean, would you would you call that a zombie? I don't know. Yes. They're zombie-ish. Yes, but they're brought back by Zom- magic. Zombie-esque. By magic, you know, and they are also possessed. And then Army of Darkness. What do you got to say about that? Uh, Those I, were the deadites. That's when they yeah, actually took it straight up camp. Right. That I, I really like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have you watched any of the new... I know I any of the new season Mm-mm. of uh, of uh, what is it? It's called Ash versus Evil Evil Dead. Yeah, and no, uh, I, it's I, pretty good. It I, turned out pretty good. I really like it. Yep, haven't had time. Did you see 2003's House of the Dead? Uh, yeah, that was actually based on an arcade game. Right, a shoot 'em up video game. Yeah, right? stand up. It was know, literally <laughs> so bad. It is the only movie that I've ever walked out of in my entire life. Yeah, I mean the the, the it was. Flipping awful. The arcade game came out in like 1996. Yeah, but the arcade game was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how that how they can make such a terrible movie on a decent game. Did you ever see Brain Dead? Or sometimes it's called Dead Alive? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that one. 1992, directed by Peter Jackson. Oh, really? Little unknown director, Peter Jackson. Yeah. And it is a ridiculous movie. It's awesome. There's a lawnmower scene. It, it's amazing. Chopping, chopping up zombies. Best way to get rid of zombies. Um, one of, actually, one of my favorite uh, zombie movies was uh, Cemetery Man. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. That yeah. one, what is it, Rupert Everett, isn't mm-hmm. it? That mm-hmm. one was, uh, that came in 1994, but that yeah. has got to be like one of my favorite. It is a good one. My yeah. favorite movies. I believe it's based off of uh, a like a like a French comic book. Dylan Dog, 
Okay. Uh, is is what it's based off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they eventually made a another movie called Dylan Dog with like Brandon Routh, the guy who played uh, Superman in in uh, in the one that came out uh, during the nineties. He's like um, he was the guy that was Superman after Christopher Reeves. Return, oh, okay. Return of Superman is sure. Brandon Routh, gotcha. and he's he's been on like a few like he's right now I think he's on like the Flash uh, as like the Adam. Okay. Or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, Dylan Dog was completely awful. So <laughs> do not see that. But Cemetery Man was really, really good. Yeah. It was very enjoyable. Agree. What about Shaun of the Dead? Did you see that one? Yeah. Now, I was talking to Dana mm-hmm. before I left. And I, I asked her, I said, what is, uh, what is your favorite zombie movie? Mm-hmm. And she told me she thinks it's Shaun of the Dead. Okay. And I said, okay, but... It's kind of like a spoof, right? Like, yeah, it's good. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's a Zom rom-com. Zom rom-com. Is, yeah, is, nice. is, is what it's considered. Nice. So, Zombieland would be relatively the same thing, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it would well, be a Zom like rom-com. It's more like a Zom rom-com bromance. It's like a Zom rom-com action. Bromance. Bromance. Sure. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead is... Uh, I think it's really good, and it's very revolutionary. And, yeah, it was fun. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, but if you don't know, if you don't know, like, the original, you know, the original tropes from mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, or at least the remake of Night of the Living Dead, right? then how do you get what is happening? You know what I mean? You have to have, like, that base of knowledge. Of course. You know I what I mean? I think that's the only way spoofs actually work. Right. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like an awful spoof, like, no, you know, scary no. movie or anything like that. No, of course know? not. Did you see Pontypool? Uh, I've never seen Pontypool. All right. That was recommended to me by our friend Ron Malfoy. Right. And I watched it. Uh, it's on the Netflix, I think, still. Oh, that's really funny, because he told you to watch that, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he also mentioned uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. And that's the one that I watched. Oh, I watched uh, both uh, of them. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But this one, I technically, I oh. guess they're zombies, but there's like a sound wave that turns Right, the people... radio broadcasting thing yes. last year. I did. I did yes. watch it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, uh, the sound... zombies. Right. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it, it, they're zombies in the way like the crazies right, are zombies, exactly. right? They're just kind of like the Mindless. same way as tw- 28 days later yes. kind of zombies where it's something is driving them insane. Mm-hmm. Whatever it happens to be is getting in their head. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They are the technical living zombies. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really, it was a really good and scary as shit movie. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Joe, have you ever heard of uh, or watched Wormwood? W Y R M. Is it a TV show? No, no, no. It it was a. Uh, it's uh, 2014. It came out, uh, and I believe it it was a Australian zombie movie. Okay, is that the one where the girl is she has like mind control powers or something? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I and think that, maybe. There's so I think many I forgot that movies. plot line. But um, but the reason why I brought it up is uh-huh. because it has a lot to do with uh with like driving. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They do a lot of driving. They're trying to cross country. And a lot of Mad Max feel to it's it. It's like Mad mm-hmm. Max with zombies. Yeah, 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 and that's Wormwood. It's really, really good. I yeah. very much enjoyed it. But it is, it is very, very much like zombies in Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mixed I think, together. I think the the sister of one of the main guys or something 
she gets like telekinesis or t- something like that. Yeah, that's kind of. But dumb. she's half zombie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So she they, can control them. Right, right. Whatever. From the chemicals yeah. they pump into her, it right. was an interesting concept. Yeah. So, but I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think they just threw one too many tropes in it. I think so. At the same yeah, time, yeah, yeah. We can't really talk about zombies without talking about horror and zombie video games. It is a huge factor, at least in my life. Like, right. one of the first zombie games I fell in love with was Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I, man, hours and hours of my life were devoted to that game when it first came out. So, do you have a, a favorite zombie video game? Well, I, I, I really did like Resident Evil. I played them all up until like, I think Resident Evil 4. And then they got crazy where they started just going back in time. Yeah. No, and then they no, started doing like some other stuff where it was wasn't like, a zombie game anymore. where it was just like shoot them up games, yeah. like, uh, like time cop and stuff yeah, like that. Or Resident whatever. Evil zero and all this other junk. Yeah. And I stopped, I kind of stopped, but I think you're not, you don't. Okay. It really depends on what kind of zombies you like. Right. There's a game called Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. Came out in like 2006. Too cartoony for me. That was like a Rockstar, right? Didn't Rockstar? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. But it was like, I don't know. It was just too cartoony. It was too meh, campy, and like, I, it wasn't fun for me. Have you played any of the uh, the Walking Dead Telltale games? Nope. Cause no. They're like comic books, and I can't play that. You can't. <laughs> I'll read a comic book. Right. I can't play a comic book. I, yeah. I just, it's just not. I haven't played any pleasant. of them, but I do. I have it at my house, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of waiting uh, for uh, you know the flu or pneumonia, <laughs> the right time. To, yeah, to, to just break like, it out. Yeah, to break it out and like knock through it in a few days yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it happens to be. But but uh, I've heard they're really good and okay. and they're enjoyable. Yeah, so. I mean, I've I've been a horror fan since I was a little tiny kid. When I got into video games. Horror video games were, that was a market that I went right towards. Right. So things like Doom, several Evil Dead games, which, from you know, carrying over from my love of the, the movies, that seemed natural to me. We mentioned House of the Dead. There's also a pretty decent set of games called Dead Island. Oh, I did play Dead Island. Yep. Now that's, I mean, that's very immersive. It's... Very much a first-person shooter, mm-hmm. but you can drive vehicles, you can mod weapons, you can do a bunch of other stuff. You can run, kick, punch, do a heck of a lot more than just point and shoot. Yeah. Did you ever play Plants vs. Zombies? Yeah, again, <laughs> me and cartoony games, I just don't... Yeah, it's kind of like just like a puzzler kind of thing right, or whatever. Right, but it's in the same... For me, it's in the same level as like uh, those brick... You know, breaking games, you know, right. mouse smasher, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. That was an awesome game. Yeah, I played that a little bit. Red Dead Redemption. Basically, it was a, a cowboy western. I think it was just called Red Redemption. And then right. when, they, they, when they did the mod for it to add the zombies yeah. and the, the, horse, the horses of the apocalypse, because you could get one of the horses of the apocalypse. Right. Uh, you could pretty much play an entire whole different game where the bad guys were zombies. Right. Kind of awesome. There was even, early, early on, 1983, a game just called Zombie. Very, very basic. Very, you know, Pong-esque. Mm-hmm. But it dated back, at least video game-wise, to early 1980s. Uh, Michael Jackson 
in his classic video game, Moonwalker. There was even a level. I don't remember if he could fight the thriller zombies, but at least they were dancing in the background on one level. I do not remember that at all. I remember playing Seriously? that game. Yeah, because I had... I, we. Uh, my cousin had it on uh, Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and I definitely remember him having it. But I, I don't remember the, th- the, the thriller, the thriller zombies. zombies. Uh uh-uh. You can't. You guys can't see that. Never mind. <laughs> One of my favorites was probably in the the latest, the very last Batman game that came out. Mm-hmm. You actually wound up fighting with uh, with Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy won't pants too. <laughs> Solomon Grundy attacks you, uh-huh. and you have to fight. Yeah, you totally have. But uh, like they kind of reimagined him where he has all these knives sticking out of his back. I kind of liked it. Hmm. But uh, Solomon Grundy is, of course, a DC comic book character. Mm-hmm. He's part plant, right? So the point was is he was there was a lot of different things. Like some said he was a pedophile, and some said I mean there was all different kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then some people thought that he just complained or whatever, and he wound up in the. Sw- but anyway, the point is, is like he's had lots of different origins, right? Yeah. But he did wind up in the swamp and stayed there for like 50 years or whatever. Partially has, you know, plant matter in him. Uh, you know, that's part of his oeuvre. Mm. So uh, I believe that he was also, uh, w- when they were looking for like the, this is like in one of the comic books, when they were looking for the guardian of the earth, Right, which Swamp Thing eventually becomes. He becomes the mm. plant elemental right, guardian right. of the earth of yeah. Gaia or whatever. Mm. They looked to Grundy to be it at first, but he was he had too much man in him. Uh, it's not not like man not like <laughs> no. Man Thing okay, from Marvel, giant size Man Thing. Right, but he I believe it was also like there was a there's like a, a prophecy that you had to be. Cleansed by fire first, which uh-huh. Alec Holland, Swamp Thing, yeah, was, was burned first and then thrown into the swamp, which right. Solomon or Grundy... either way. Yeah, yeah, Solomon Grundy never had the whole fire thing. That was never a part of his... Mm-hmm. Of he, his just, uh, he just sort of festered in Of this, his myth, yeah. Right. He just sort of festered in the swamp. Yeah, he was just killed and thrown into the swamp and right. then, you know, turned into the, the swamp zombie, mm-hmm. you know? Swamby. Swamby. See, that's what his name should be, not Solomon Grundy. Well, he was born on a Monday... I believe he actually, he he couldn't remember his name, and he wound up climbing out of the swamp on a Monday, mm-hmm. and he couldn't remember his name, so they started calling him Solomon Grundy as a joke. Ah. Uh, yeah, and it kind of just stuck, and Grundy, Grundy hungry. <laughs> Solomon Grundy want pants too. But uh, there's actually another zombie, uh, the zombie, and that's the like the Marvel version of Solomon Grundy, mm. and his name is Simon Garth. He was also a wealthy businessman, very much like Solomon Grundy, uh, and he was in the public eye, and basically the same kind of thing happened to him, except for, I think, some gypsies were involved and cursed him, and he became the zombie. And his name was Simon and Garfunkel? Simon Garth. Oh, Garth. Right, yeah. I'm just saying, there's two, two uh, a Marvel and a DC zombie. Two comic book zombies. Two comic zombies. Nice. You know? They're actual characters, not just hordes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That were zombies, you know, have been around for a long time before mm. it kind of became a, you know, a popular culture thing. I mean, it was, it's been a slow roll. Joe, we can't end the podcast episode without discussing the zombie cocktail. Eh? 
Right. The zombie cocktail is typically made, it's usually made with a couple of different kinds of rum, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the normal drink is made with a uh, half ounce of rum, an ounce of pineapple juice, an ounce of orange juice, a half ounce of apricot brandy, a table, uh, or I'm sorry, a teaspoon of sugar, two ounces of light rum, one ounce of dark rum, and one ounce of lime juice. Wow, like two of those and I would be a zombie. Right. Uh, you mix it all up and pour it into a Collins glass. And then if you can, you float just a little bit of 151 on the top. <laughs> Garnish with a fruit slice and a sprig of lime and a cherry. And, uh, and there's your zombie. Yeah, I think, well, I remember getting several of those at various different places. And they have specific glasses. Right. If you get it at like a tiki bar, yeah. if you get a zombie at a tiki bar, you definitely get it in like a tiki glass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And seriously, though, these are like, these are really strong. Like they usually oh, yeah. put, I mean, it's got light rum, dark rum. A lot of the time it's got like Bacardi 151 in it, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. I mean, you you have several different kinds of rum mixed into it. Yeah. And one, yeah. one is good. That's right. You you, you will literally be zombified by the <laughs> right. time you're you're done with it. Right. You know, which is where I think the name probably came from. Mm-hmm. In closing, let's do a little PSA. What do you think? Sure. So the CDC, as we know, on their government website, they have some great as as we know. It's the Center for the Disease uh, Center for uh, Disease, disease Control, control Joe. Yes. Not I, everybody I, knows what the CDC is. Really? Um, I, I hope they do. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> On their website, they have great information on, guess what? How to survive a zombie apocalypse. Well, you need to be prepared for an emergency, even if it probably is not going to happen. <laughs> and I think that's why they did it. I think if, 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 you, if you are anxious about a zombie apocalypse, I mean, you, 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 have, uh, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> it's probably, probably not going to happen. Right. So I think they did it sort of as a joke and also as most of their stuff is a very standard emergency plan preparedness list. Right. The four things I wanted to mention on their zombie apocalypse 101 preparedness plan, identify the type of emergency, flood, earthquakes, and or zombies. Right. Two, pick a meeting place for your family, friends, or others. Three, identify the emergency contacts, police, fire department, hospitals, and all people with guns to help you fight said zombies. That's I'm throwing these in because that's as, not as, actually on the side. As, as far as I know, in a zombie apocalypse, you're, you're supposed to stay away from the hospital. Which, yeah, yeah, but you want to at least know. Know where it is in case you have to go there for supplies. Yeah. Four, the evacuation plan, the route. You want to know how and where you're going to escape to. It's like a, uh, a fire escape plan. Mm-hmm. Every, every household should have... A zombie escape plan. Exactly. So you know how and when you're going to get clear of the emergency like a zombie invasion. Mm-hmm. Your ideas? I noticed that on that list, it doesn't mention anything about identifying the 
type of zombie. No, no. Whether it's a plague no, zombie. They, they left it very vague. Or, yeah, yeah a, a parasitic zombie that you're fighting. The well, voodoo zombies. And who's to say they're actually going an, to tell you? An army militia of voodoo zombies. Oh, man. That whether would, you're, you're, I mean. That would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, you you don't even know what kind of zombies you're you're trying to get away from. So, okay. It could be, you know, the medieval draugr. <laughs> like, like from from Skyrim or whatever, yeah, yeah. where they just like pop out, you from, know what from, I mean? From their their crypts, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't take even all your know. Coins. They could be punk rock zombies from the eighties. I mean, who, who are we trying <laughs> to get away from here? So let's make, dancing naked on tombstones, yeah, or thriller zombies. <laughs> make it really, really. This, this make it really, really simple. Let's keep it Walking Dead zombies. Right. In this scenario, they are walking dead zombies, uh, as in the TV show and the comic book. Where would you go? How would you get there? And what would you do? Man, I don't know. I think I would go to my dad's house, mm-hmm. get a shotgun. Okay. Right? Sure. Uh, maybe a couple of jugs of water. Mm-hmm. I usually have some water. I also, I, I don't want to sound like a like a, any kind of a... A, a prepper? Yeah, a prepper. <laughs> I'm a prepper. No, but, you're uh, a hoarder. I am a hoarder, but I do actually have like some camping MREs that I have. MREs, yeah, Yeah, I have some camping MREs in uh, in my (laughs) house. Not MREs, like an Emery board. M R E. That's what I said. I have some camping MREs. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) I also, uh, I just for sideshow purposes, Mm. I have a lot of uh, a lot of machetes. That's true, right? Yeah, I don't think they're sharp though. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've got a few shark ones. Oh, 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 yeah. All right, so oh, yeah. maybe you are prepared. Yeah, man. All right, I so got them half... for that ladder of swords that I never finished making. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> so you're a half hoarder, half prepper. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then, uh, you know what? I might as well just stay at my house because I have lots of homebrew sitting there. Oh, that is true. You know what I mean for sustenance. Yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, I think I'm off pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just stay there for a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? All That's right. my plan. Sounds like a plan, man. Yeah. So you, you coming just, over? Yeah, well, after you board the place up. Yeah, you're gonna have to like throw some spikes on your on your uh, on I'll, your mini Cooper. Dude, I'll bring some caltrips and some spikes and some shotgun. Yeah, I'll bring all that stuff. <laughs> just and just head on over. Mm-hmm. It sounds I'll good. Armor up the Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, I think it's time to get out of here. Uh, I've got some brains to eat at home. They're coming to get you, Christopher. And don't forget, we are the in the month of Halloween, uh, commonly known as October. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be putting five episodes out. This is our second one. Uh, so next week, we're going to have another one coming at you. And don't forget, kids, 100th episode is coming up. So don't forget to call in to 443-327-9673. And uh, let us know what you enjoyed Mm-hmm. From the Curioso, anything that you found that's been interesting, or anything in your life that you found that's been interesting. If your uncle was a circus freak, you know what I mean? <laughs> anything. Just let us know if you ever had uh, a ghost story to tell. Right. Or just call in and say hi and how much you like the show. 100th episode coming up. Yeah. And uh, we want you to be a part of our 100th episode with us. Thank you very much, Curiosos. And good night. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. 
You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash the Curioso Podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. On the left-hand side of the Curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Now you would say, you know, well, hold on. What about what is it? The the Iliad mm. is the is the oldest. Oh yeah. no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Gargamel, Gilgamesh. Gargamel. What is it? What is the name of it? It's Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Gargamel. It's like pop and lock, but but with a doctor. Is that pop a dick? What? I just. Was, <laughs> You can cut that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you going with that one. And don't forget that uh, this is uh, part of our Crypt Kicker, Kicker 5. Uh, <laughs> let me just fucking start over. You fought him in, like, I think the very last Batman. Okay. It was kind of cool to actually see him, like, move Grun- and Grundy be a out. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I just never liked the name. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was like he, he crawled out of the swamp on a Monday. I, he's very similar to Swamp Thing. Very similar, but he's not. And actually. But he can't control, like, plants and animals. And no, that. but he's, dude, maybe we should save this. It's recording. Oh. <laughs>